0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 7 recap episode of The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. It's Monday night of Week 7. Someone just opened some kind of drink. Christian, how you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing very well. That was not me opening the drink. I already had my drink wide open. Um, I'm doing pretty well. I did not do well in fantasy this week. This was probably the worst week I have ever had, and I'm still going to get a win. So can't hate on it too much, right?
0: Randy, yeah. you couldn't have waited before I opened uh, started the podcast for that, but I was kind of hoping your talking would cancel it out. But it's all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a
2: uh, almost a dead week for fantasy. We were texting during the games. Everyone seemed to be getting hurt or just not producing. It was kind of a rough week, low scoring games pretty
0: much, unless you had just like what five or six different people.
2: Other yeah, than that, I it was all low scoring.
0: I did see something today or yesterday that said if you had a team of Matt Ryan, David Johnson, On Johnson, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, and Evan Ingram, that team scored 16.8 fantasy points. And then if you had a team of Jacoby Brissett, Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, Marvin Jones, Zach Paschal, and Rhett Ellison, that team would have scored 177.8. That tells you what kind of week it was. In, in, yeah. It was... Unbelievable. So many injuries. And the injuries were early injuries, too. Guys went out second, maybe second, third drives, and it, they were just out the entire game. So, as always, if you'd like to support us, shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffl and follow us on Instagram. We do have an Instagram page now at thecutffl as well. Like and share us on Facebook at The Cut FFL and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. That's a new one that we added in here and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Christian, I understand you have something to say after Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to Nathan Joyce
0: uh, from For Fantasy's
1: Sake. He joined us on our Saturday episode. It was awesome. Um, We still have the fundraiser link going in this description page, so um, if you guys want a cool t-shirt and to help support a really good cause, make sure you click that link. And uh, hopefully we get Nathan on sometime soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You guys have any, If anyone has any questions, just tweet at one of us, shoot us an email. Um, we'll get started here. What we're going to go through for this episode, we're going to go through a quick week seven recap. We'll recap all the games on Sunday. We'll go through a Thursday night preview. It is the Redskins at the Vikings. We'll go through our worthy waivers of the week leading into week eight, and we're going to bring in a new segment called Mediocre Methods. This is going to be a couple questions that we're going to uh, have a discussion on how to strategize optimally hitting the halfway point. It's hard to believe it's all just about the halfway point of the fantasy season. Feels like we just started a couple weeks ago. Um, So we'll go ahead and get right into it. First game we'll take a look at was the Rams, 37-10 to 10 over the Falcons in what was an absolutely disgusting game. Um, well, for one side anyway. Uh, Jared Goff, 268 passing yards and two touchdowns. Also added in a rushing touchdown. I don't know who it was on the defensive side, but he made him look stupid. I mean, if you're, not, if you're getting juked out by Jared Goff, you need to reevaluate a lot of things. Um, Todd Gurley was back and healthy. 18 carries for 41 yards, did catch a 13-yard touchdown on a really good pass by Jarek Goff in the corner of the end zone. Uh, Robert Woods led the receiving core, five catches for 80 yards on seven targets. Cooper Cup was relatively quiet, six for 50, and Brandon Cooks, four for 59. Randy, are you still trusting all three of these wide receivers every week? Um, I mean,
2: trusting them, yeah. Trusting them to be amazing every week, No. I think this is what for football's sake, this is the kind of production it should be for them to be Super Bowl contenders again. But for fantasy, we're kind of hoping at least one of these guys kinda of has over a hundred an explosive day. But I I mean they're working on Everett more, Gurley's getting more passing work. It's gonna be it's gonna be really spread out. It's gonna be hard to decide who's gonna get the work, kinda of like the Patriots every week.
0: Yeah, speaking of Everett, four catches for fifty yards and a touchdown on ten targets. He was he could have had like three touchdowns, but Jared Goff just missed him a couple times. He's he has to be a top twelve tight end given who else is out there. So I would if he's on waivers, if people dropped him after a disappointing week last week, go scoop him up and you can probably start him uh, each week throughout the rest of the year. Guys, I think the way to define the Falcons' offense in this one is the fact that Devontae Freeman got ejected in the second quarter for attempting to punch Aaron Down. I mean, yeah.
1: To be fair, though, if if a grown man is picking me up off the ground and my feet can't touch the ground, I'm probably swinging too.
0: It was like a it was like yeah, an older brother. It was like an older brother picking up his younger brother when he made him mad after something. It was hilarious to watch. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan had 59 159 yards, lost a fumble, threw an interception, and then hurt and then got hurt. Um, really, the only production was Julio at six for 93 on nine targets. Austin Hooper had a unbelievable garbage time touchdown after Matt Schaub came into the game with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I, I'd like to say just throw this game in the trash from a fancy perspective, but something is wrong with that Falcons team. Well, I don't know their, what it is.
2: Their defense is awful, and their offense has to put up forty points a game. And they're they can, but they're not capable of that every week. This is they're not a good team. I mean, that's
0: basically what it comes down to. I texted you guys yesterday. I think the Patriots broke the Falcons. <laughs> Possibly.
1: I don't know, man. I think the Falcons broke the Falcons. I, I think I said that in response to you, but I don't think you could throw this game away because, I mean, you're coming out of it and Matt Ryan's got a sprained ankle. And while he might try out there in his next game, I don't think that's good for their team. I mean, obviously Matt Ryan on one leg, is probably still better than Matt Schaub, but, Losing Matt Ryan makes it. Uh, th- this game was basically what you can expect moving forward, in my 80 opinion.
0: Eighty-year-old, yeah. eighty-year-old Matt
1: Schaub. Well, this is also a team that has basically told everyone they're going to reevaluate
2: their future and their coaching at, at the midway point. has Dan Deadline. Quinn not
0: been fired yet?
2: Well, because they're always in games and they've been relatively good.
0: But, one and six.
2: I mean, yeah, this year, but they've haven't had a good defense in forever. And their running game this year is awful. I mean this this year he probably deserves to get fired. I'm yeah. sure there's probably, I'm sure there's been other years too, but I'm saying like this year he probably does. But there's not a ton of good candidates out there. Everyone's gonna be trying to get Lincoln Riley. But other than that, like I don't I I don't see him leaving Oklahoma.
0: I mean I don't either, but yeah. he's definitely everyone's top guy. I'd say. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on before I get even more sad about the <laughs> um Buffalo thirty-one to twenty-one over the uh, Dolphins. Fitzmagic had two hundred eighty-two yards and a touchdown. Also had a ten-yard rushing score. Christian, do you have any kind of trust in him at all? Or I mean, he—I feel like he's one three-pick performance away from getting benched. Um, I don't think they'll bench him again. I just—I
1: mean, how many different quarterback, or I guess it's just two quarterbacks, but. How many times are you gonna just change your mind? I, I mean, I could definitely see a three-interception game from Ryan Fitzpatrick. He didn't look great. He didn't look terrible, um, but that's the Fitz magic in him. You know, he's gonna look good or good enough, and then he's gonna throw ninety-seven picks and over the course
0: of three and weeks. That, and then after that, he'll have a game where everybody'll sit him, and he'll have like six touchdown passes. Is yeah, he
2: just,
0: he just slings it. He don't give a crap about anything. He
2: doesn't need to either. He's been a backup quarterback forever that has shined in different moments. He's getting paid just to do nothing. He's from Harvard. He's not stupid. He's just going to keep going out there and slinging whatever. I mean, that's why he's on teams.
0: The life of the backup quarterback is the best life in the world. You're getting a bunch of money to sit on the bench and hold a clipboard, and then when you come into the game, no one's expecting anything because you're a backup.
1: Yeah, real Alex Moran take right there. Absolutely. (laughs) I hope okay. you guys get that reference.
0: The only other thing to note for the Dolphins, Devontae Parker did have five for 55 and a touchdown on 10 targets. Uh, Randy, do you think he's a worthy pickup? And if so, can he be like a wide receiver three?
2: I mean, I think at most wide receiver three, like you're really, if you pick him up, it's because you need a guy this week, plug in a wide receiver or a flex. I mean, he's not terrible, especially yeah. if it's, If Fitz is out there, he's going to throw the ball a shit ton. So
0: Yeah, I mean, Fitzpatrick obviously is a big bump for him. On the Bills side, there was really no rushing production. I mean, Devin Singletary and Frank Gore combined for 18 carries for 81 yards. Um, It's hard to trust this backfield. I mean, this was a beautiful matchup going against the Dolphins, and neither one really did anything. I mean, Josh Allen threw the ball 26 times, but... I, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't see a ton of this game. I don't know if you guys did, but that worries me as a guy that thought that Singletary would maybe this was the week that he was going to break out coming off the hamstring, fully healthy practiced all week. And it just, it didn't happen. Well, I, I think that because it was his first game back,
1: you kind of had to temper your expectations for him. I know I started him as just a shot in the dark type of thing. Um, that obviously didn't really work out for me very well. Um, but I think he'll be fine moving forward. And I don't think that Frank Gore really poses a threat other than maybe being a goal back. But, man, I still don't have a lot of faith in this offense in general. Um, so I don't know how many goal line touches are going to be available. I mean, I think that their best shot at scoring touchdowns is Josh Allen running, Josh Allen throwing to – John Brown, or Devin Singletary from 40 yards out. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brown, 5 for 83 and a touchdown on six targets. Uh, Cole Beasley did catch a short touchdown, but he only caught three balls total for 16 yards. So tough to trust anyone but Brown, I think, in the receiving group. And then uh, Dawson Knox, Christian, I know you're a big Dawson Knox fan, but he did only have two for 22. Uh, He's going to have big days. It's just it's so hard to trust rookie, rookie tight ends. Um moving on here, Jacksonville 27 to 17 over the Bengals. The Bengals are now 0-7. Gardner Minshew, 255 yards, a touchdown, added 48 rushing yards. Leonard Fournette, 29 carries for 131 yards. He he's been he's led the league in rushing yards since week three. I mean, obviously, if you have a 220-yard performance like he did against the Broncos, it's gonna happen. Uh Westbrook and Shark, Westbrook six for one oh three on nine. Shark 3 for 53 on 4. Randy, can you trust both of these guys as starters? Yeah.
2: I mean, Menchu's look good enough and serviceable. He's going to throw about this line every week. You just hope you get a touchdown from one of the guys because, I mean, Fournette's not getting a touchdown,
0: so you hope
2: it's one of these two receivers.
0: Yeah, keep an eye on Nick Foles. He is practicing for the first time going into this week. He's going to be doing some 7-on-7 drills. I'd, I mean, he's obviously still a couple of weeks away, but that's something to note um, for those of you that have Minshew. It's uh, his time could be up soon. I don't think they bring folds back and not play him. I do. Uh, they oh. they paid him way too much to yeah, not use that's him. Exactly what I believe. Uh, also, yeah, I don't believe
1: in that though. Look at the Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen, Cam Newton situation going on.
2: Well, Cam Newton's got one year left of his deal. It's different. Yeah. And Cam and I, I still
0: think Cam Newton's going to start when he comes in. And back.
2: Foles didn't look bad when he was in.
0: Yeah. Plus well, what does Nick Foles have that Cam Newton doesn't? Anybody? Anybody? Um <laughs> I don't
2: think anything.
0: Oh yeah, nothing at all except the Super Bowl ring. Oh, okay. That's how about, how about how bad Andy Dalton looked? <laughs> how about how bad Andy Dalton looked against the Bengals? I'm not against the Bengals. He plays for the Bengals. My bad. Well, he pr-
1: he, he looked bad nice. against the Bengals too. He really did. I mean,
0: <laughs> the whole team looked bad. Yeah, Tyler Boyd five catches for 55 yards on 14 targets, but he also lost a fumble. I know Christian was pretty disappointed in in that production up until the fourth quarter. There really there's there was no production other than Alex Erickson, who had eight for 137 on 14 targets. It's just it's just real. I mean, we talk about it week in, week out. It's just really tough to trust this offense from a fantasy perspective, and that's including Joe Mixon. I mean, Mixon caught a touchdown, but 10 carries for two yards. Like, I, There's not really much to say about the Bengals right now, except they're a very bad team, and eventually you have to think they're going to turn a new page and trade or cut Andy Dalton or something. Uh yeah, I I think they draft a QB this year. They're going to be a top three pick guaranteed. Yeah,
2: Joe Burrow yeah. could be, could be Herbert, could be Tua. I, I honestly I have no idea how it shakes out. Uh, no. it, I'd be interested to see if they all just take someone there, if they're the top three, or if they trade back. Because obviously you got some great defensive players like Chase Young coming out this year, so. Mm-hmm. That's, re- that's really what I'm interested in with the Bengals and the Dolphins and the Redskins. Nothing
1: else, really.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Already looking towards the draft.
0: Vikings, 42-30 over the Lions. This was a shootout. I don't know if we necessarily expected this. Kirk Cousins is on fire right now. 337 yards and four touchdowns. Is he a QB1 the rest of the season? What do you guys think? I, I think he is. You think he's a top 12
1: quarterback the rest of the season?
0: Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I think he's starting to finally get accustomed to Kevin Stefanski's offense, and I, I think he's going to continue to do this. So, in this, on this week's ranking, you're going to put him top 12. Yeah, yeah,
2: very well. All right. I mean, they're playing the Redskins. Why wouldn't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. This week, they yeah, just
2: yeah, shut sure. down the, the 49ers, duh.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think Kirk Cousins is a quarterback one the rest of the season. I think he's a quarterback too, and he's definitely startable in your your two QB leagues, but uh, he has these these games where he, he'll go off for like three or four games and then back to Kirky Cousins. Snap
2: back to reality. Oh, that
1: goes
0: grabbed. Oh sorry. Yep. <laughs> um, one other thing to note was obviously Adam Thielen did leave the game with a hamstring injury, did catch his own his lone pass for a touchdown. Um, I'd say if he's out for Thursday night, which is, it does seem like it's trending that way, Stephon Diggs is probably back into the wide receiver two mix. Like I said, especially in that Redskins matchup. Um, and then Kyle Rudolph, five for 58 and a touchdown on six targets. I think he takes advantage of dealing, dealing, being out also. Um, I mean, they don't really have many wide receivers in that offense. So the throws have to go to somebody.
2: Agreed. Yeah. I think there's going to be an uptick in production starting now for Irv Smith. He's looked good so far. Rudolph really hasn't looked great. I mean, he's definitely, he's not dropping balls, but Irv Smith's definitely looked better out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Much to Christian's dismay, Matt Stafford, 364 (laughs) yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Um, All four of those touchdowns did go to Marvin Jones, who had 10 for 93 and four. Carry on Johnson, five carries, and then he injured his knee. Didn't return. Sounds like he's going to be week to week. And Ken- Kenny Galladay was the unfortunate party with one for twenty-one on two targets. Um, and I, I feel like probably Marvin Jones was on a lot of fantasy people's benches. And there's not much more to say. I mean, Stafford was probably started in a majority of leagues, but w- I mean, do you guys have anything to add about this, well, Christian? How do you feel? I mean. So far, I
1: think Marvin Jones has had two good games, and while this one's obviously extremely good and it's going to make his end-of-season ranking look a lot better than it it should, Um, I'm still confident in Galladay. I should have been confident in Stafford. I just – I balked at the the Vikings' defense and and didn't think that it would happen, but left Galladay in my lineup like a dumbass. So – (laughs) <laughs> I hey, mean,
0: hey Christian, what uh, what what league was it that it that was a league I, had I lost after. to you
1: when you oh. scored 120 points too? I mean, I I such a I know, but you haven't hit 120 yet.
0: And so. down goes the last undefeated. So suck it.
1: Yeah, hey, we have the same record. You're going to be ahead of me in the standings for points, for and head to head. So
0: yep, f me. Don't don't matter till <laughs> the end of the year, boys. True story. <laughs> Green Bay, 42-24 to over the Raiders. Uh, big Josh Jacobs Day, 21 carries for 124 yards. Really no wide receiver production to speak of with Tyler o. Williams inactive with plantar fasciitis. Darren Waller finally found the end zone. He had two touchdowns, seven catches for 126 yards. Guys, he could have had four touchdowns. He, he was tackled at the two, and he, he uh, had a touchdown called back due to a penalty. He, it, he had a crazy day. And that was it, with Oscar Moreau scoring. Yeah. He also had a car through a pick on a target to
2: Waller where Waller got his legs tangled up. So it could have been even more.
0: <laughs> uh, other than that, I mean, Carr looked okay, but obviously I don't think you can – you can't really trust him. Um, boy, that, that Aaron Rodgers really lost his stuff, huh, Christian?
1: He sure did until this boy. week.
0: 429, five touchdowns, and then he just added a rushing touchdown for funsies.
2: Listen, let's, let's not act like he was throwing against anything. He, he was throwing against no coverage on anyone. Yeah.
0: Did, did I read it right that the Raiders <coughs> traded Garyon Conley too? Yes, they did. Garyon Conley
2: didn't look good, though.
0: Yeah, but, but he's like, he was like their only healthy body out there. Uh, I mean, but
2: he's not really. He's been hurt more of his career than anything. And they got a decent pick out of them. They're trying to be buyers at the deadline for other positions, so maybe they needed the pick more than they needed Conley. It, I mean, their defense is going to give up points no matter what. They're just trying to build for
1: the future over there.
0: Hey, guys, guess what? Aaron Jones caught a touchdown pass. <laughs> one week too late. Oh, my God. And, like, that, that catch was so much tougher than the one that he dropped on Monday night. He had to he turned the wrong way. He had to turn back around. It was great throw, but oh man. And then uh Marcus scantling and Geronimo Allison, neither of which practiced all week, were both active. And MVS took advantage with two catches, but he had 133 yards and a touchdown. It looked like that the Raiders just weren't covering him. I know uh, he had a double move that he just absolutely lost the defender. And um Jimmy Graham, of course, had four catches for 65 yards on the touchdown, which I could have also used last week.
1: Yeah. How about uh Alan Lazard?
0: Yeah. Was three, it two catches? Three? Three for 43. Yeah. I mean, and you once once Allison and Valdez Scantling were both active, you knew that was gonna happen.
2: Yeah, we, we tweeted that out, making yeah. sure like, hey, yeah, guys, by the
1: way, <laughs> yeah. he's not gonna do a ton. It was decent. I mean, you wouldn't be happy with him in your starting lineup, but he's, I mean, when Devontae Adams is back, that guy's irrelevant.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, the only league I'd maybe take a look at him is, is uh, excuse me, as is in Dynasty, and even then, I don't, I don't know how much he's valued really. No, because Allison and NDS
2: and Adams, for that matter, all pretty young. Oh,
0: and plus Jake Kummerow. Yeah, and he's also young and looks like a werewolf, and I love it. He does look like a werewolf. <laughs> The Colts, 30-23 to over the Texans. Um, Deshaun Watson had 23 for 34, 308, a touchdown and two picks. He did have another touchdown that he threw, but the refs called him down on a pretty crappy call. I hate that rule of if the guy's wrapped, if he's even touched and wrapped up at all, they're going to blow it dead. Hopkins should have had two touchdowns. He did have one, nine for 106 and one on 12 targets. The running backs combined for 69 yards, so there wasn't much there. Will Fuller left the game early with a hamstring injury, and it sounds like he's going to be out multiple weeks. Kenny Stills, four for 105 on five targets. Do you guys have interest in Stills with Fuller probably missing two to three at least? Yeah, he's he's going to be a good flex option
2: coming, coming around. I know uh, Kiki's getting more and more involved again, but they don't really – with Fuller out, they don't really run the same routes anymore. So I've got a lot of interest in stills and talk about it later.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. Christian, anything to talk about with Darren Fels? Um, He was crappy. That's disappointing. I, I mean, you would think in a game like this, he would get more targets. He only had two targets. Yeah. And, with and Fuller he, leaving. He, he made the most of them. I think it's
1: Jordan Aikens being there, and they, they split time – um, they split targets. I don't know how many Aikens ended up with, but it, it just it sucks because I think Fells was primed for a big game. Going back to your first point though, about DeAndre Hopkins should have had, having two touchdowns, he did not catch that ball. Like yes, that doesn't. That doesn't. No, he did not catch that ball. Yes, he did. R- Randy, I don't. I didn't look at it that hard because <laughs> I'm mad that they called him down. Yeah, yeah. stupid zebras, dude.
0: The Colts. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Texans put eight guys in the box, bottled up Marlon Mack for 18 for 44, and Jacoby Brissett made him pay 326 yards, four touchdowns. That's a great game. Um, He's probably a streaming option given the right matchup. Uh, And the one benefactor of that was Zach Paschal, six for 106 and two on seven targets. Do you guys have any interest in him?
1: Well, he's sitting on my taxi squad, so uh, (laughs) – I mean, again, if if he's going
2: to keep getting increased workload, he's basically their number two receiver now. So he does obviously garter some interest, but you have to kind of pick matchups with the Colts. They do want to run first, and obviously the Texans didn't want to give him that. So, I mean, if like I said, you just got to pick matchups with any Colts wide receiver besides
0: Hilton pretty much. Yeah. And for tight ends, Eric Ebron, four for 70 and a absolutely ridiculous touchdown catch. That catch was insane. Yeah, one-handed. It was uh, called out of bounds on the field, but they did overturn it. it was, I mean, he's, he's obviously unbelievably touchdown dependent, but he can have weeks like that where he could finish in the top, top 10 given four catches again. Yeah, definitely. That, that catch is like
2: that local guy that never left that played football that that's the catch. He says he made, but it really was just a basic two-handed <laughs> catch. That's the story right there. <laughs> that's
0: perfect. Moving on here. The Cardinals 27 to 21 over the Giants. This game was very disappointing for fantasy because who honestly started Chase chasing David Johnson was active. I, I did. <laughs> what? Uh, Why? Uh, Cause it was between him
2: and Robbie Anderson.
0: Oh, well, yeah, in a scenario like that, I can understand.
2: I'd start him. I tried right. to train him Christian, but he said no. Yet again, bites him in the ass.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm coming for him now.
1: I'm coming for him. Big offer coming your way. How, yeah.
0: dis- how disappointing is it that David Johnson was active going into the game and then Cliff Kingsbury comes out after the game and says, oh, this was the plan and we wanted to use him on an emergency basis. Like, come
2: yeah. on. That's, That's complete <laughs> crap. That's, it, it sucks. I, but it also goes against the, like, the rules of the NFL. You're supposed to
1: divulge before the game who's actually like playing. and well, I mean, plus. That's why they put him in there for a snap, though.
0: They only had two active running backs. What would have happened if, if Edmonds got hurt? Kyler. Yeah. <laughs> <Better distance laughs> yeah five, he, had a, he had a disappointing game, too, only throwing 21 times for 104 yards. And Larry Fitzgerald, one catch for 12 yards on three targets. Uh, he gets New Orleans and 49ers in the next two weeks. Uh, do you guys trust Fitzgerald as anything more than a wide receiver three? Um, possibly, but it's mainly
2: because I think Kirk's back this week. And I think Kirk's going to garner the number one attention from Lattimore because mm-hmm. he doesn't really go in the slot, and that's the only place Fitz is. So, I mean, I, I mean the 49ers may be a little bit worse, but I, I don't know it, it's hard to tell with them. It's, it seems like they've barely really played anyone. Like they, it doesn't seem like they've gotten everyone's best, but they're also playing lights out, so it's kind of hard to decipher.
0: Yeah. For the Giants, Daniel Jones was so bad. Uh, 223 yards, one touchdown, lost two fumbles, and also threw a pick. I know I, I streamed him over Kirk Cousins in the league, and that did not work out well for me. Yeah. But I played the matchup going against Arizona. Uh, Saquon, 18 for 72 and a touchdown in his return. Golden Tate with no Shepard, 6 for 80 and 11 targets. We still have yet to see if both Shepard and Tate can coexist. They haven't been on the field together yet. Um, so that's something to note. Shepard hopefully comes back next week from the concussion. I know they're trying to play it safe with him, though. And a unbelievably disappointing game for Evan Ingram against uh, two... A great matchup against the Cardinals. and He had one catch for six yards on five targets. He left the game after being poked in the eye, but then came back. But a tight end did score. It was Red Ellison. Can we talk about how we're not even
1: sure if Evan Ingram and Golden Tate can coexist? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, it seems like I've been talking about that for two weeks, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just making me – I mean, I should have listened to you, but it, it scares me because I do have – Evan Ingram in a league, and I can't afford one for six. Like, should, Do you guys think I should try to trade him before his stock completely uh, drops? Or? No, because I think he's still going to get six targets a week, which is pretty good in the, the tight end landscape.
2: It's, I mean, we still have to see how all four, him, Saquon, Golden Tate, and Shepard can coexist because they all play the middle of the field. I just don't understand – and plus, I don't trust Daniel Jones, really, so it's hard to see how...
1: Thanks. Thanks. Well, I will say, he's looked better than people expected him to.
2: Yeah, he's looked okay, but he's still throwing against the worst matchup's possible on the field, which is just yeah. so terrible. I mean...
1: Yeah. Brandon, that's what rookies Brandon, do, though.
2: Yeah, granted, he's not the only one that's ever done that, but I, they definitely have a good offensive line, so they're going to give him enough time to do things. And now with Saquon back, I think they lean more on Saquon than anything. So I it's I want to wait another week to see what Ingram does, and hopefully Shepard's back, so we really see what happens. But I still think Ingram gets six targets a week.
0: Cool. There's really not much to talk about in the San Francisco nine point win over the Redskins. The one thing this reminded me of did you do you guys remember that episode of Friday Night Lights? where Smash comes on TV and is talking all that crap. So Coach Taylor takes him out at the middle of the night, and yeah. they're running uh, up and down the hill, and then it gets to be all mud. That's exactly what this game reminded me of. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've,
2: I've, I've had this game in different levels of high school. It's awful. It's, you can't do anything. I'm surprised the line made any blocks because they can't jump off the ball at all. It's, Dude, it's, it's, I want to know what
1: type of cleats they had on. Like,
2: um. I think rubber does better. I can't really remember because I think metal like scoops it out quicker and sinks. So I think they had to do rubber. But even then, even then you still make one kind of cut or move. You're most likely
0: going to slip. One thing to note is uh, Matt Breida did leave the game with a concussion. He had eight carries for 35 yards before that. It sounds like he had come back to practice today and there were no ill effects of it. Uh, Tevin Coleman did have 20 carries for only 62 yards. And I was a little bit disappointed because the 49ers got down to the two-yard line. And on third down, they tried to run a sweep to George Kittle. And if he makes that cut inside, he scores. But his feet just totally gave out from under him. And yeah. he, went, he went right down. you you um, got
2: to gotta adjust to the game. It, it's hard because pretty much all of Shanahan's offense is off a of cut. Mm-hmm. So it
0: was going to be hard for them either way.
2: Yeah, obviously, a, obviously we didn't know the weather was going to be this bad or else yeah, we would have no. to sit everyone
0: from a Niners. Yeah. For, from a Niners perspective, I probably throw this game out. Um, yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson did have 20 carries for 81 yards and case case Keenum threw the ball 12 times.
2: Yeah. God. But that's, it's because it was three, nothing for most of the game. Right. Yeah. If it was a normal. It
0: yeah. If it's a normal
2: field, Peterson's going to get about 13 carries because they're going to be down at after the first
0: quarter. That game wasn't, it was 0-0 at halftime, wasn't it? It, was I, it was, gross. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: bad. I mean, it was kind of fun to watch only for the, hey, look, this game's
0: awful because of this weather. <laughs> and The Nick is slipping aside at the end. That uh, was cool. Perfect. That was cool. Yeah. Moving on to the four o'clocks, the Tennessee Titans 23-20 over the Los Angeles Chargers. Melvin Gordon, 16 carries for 32 yards, did catch a one-yard touchdown pass, but he also fumbled and cost the Chargers the win. Got stuffed twice at the one yard line. Austin Eckler not a good game on the ground, but he did uh, make up for it with seven catches for 118 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. It, I'm not sure. I I can't say how I expect this backfield to produce moving forward because I have no idea. Um, Eckler has looked better than I thought. Uh, Melvin Gordon still looks like he's got a little bit of rust. I mean, Christian, what do you think? I, I know you're. I know you like Eckler, but I mean. I don't know how much you can really prioritize uh, Eckler versus Gordon when Gordon's still there.
1: I just think that Eckler has clearly been the better running back this year. And if the Chargers want to get things right, they're going to toss him out there because Melvin Gordon quite literally cost them the game, but also just looked like crap. I mean, I get he's rusty, but if he's rusty, then maybe you shouldn't have thrown him out there the week he came back Um, or the second week, I guess, they they didn't really run him out there the first week. But I don't know, man. I, I think Eckler deserves more time than he's getting, and and he's obviously showing that.
2: I, I mean, I don't know why we're kind of overdoing this. We went into the preview of it saying the Titans have one of the best run defenses, but they yeah. get burned through the air. So this yeah. is exactly what I expected to happen. I I mean, I maybe expected a couple more yards from Gordon, and maybe not the fumble, but when you're diving – towards the end zone or anything down there, it's everyone's trying to poke the ball out once you get in the red zone. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know why is, he just didn't
0: jump. Usually well, you, I mean, have
2: like that I just, mean, I mean but if you top, look right? in the, in the, it's the same thing kind of like Josh Jacobs jumped through the line, in the Raiders game, but if he would have stuck the ball out, even though it was fourth and goal, it would have been a fumble because yeah, everyone was going for the ball. Right. So, I mean, that's what's gonna happen. You you gotta I mean you gotta take the risk sometimes, but also half the time you're gonna fumble. So I mean I, I don't I didn't expect much from this game. I expect more coming soon.
0: Yeah. Uh one other thing to note for them, Hunter Henry, six for ninety seven on eight targets. He's definitely a safe, probably top eight tight end the rest of the way here if he can stay healthy. For the Titans, Derrick Henry, 22 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. That was his first touchdown this year, rushing, that didn't come on the one-yard line. Shock.
1: That's crazy. Is it crazy? Yes. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I wonder if Derrick Henry is going to end up uh, in the top 12 after this week. Also, I think he will.
0: Also, I'd like to say the disclaimer for our bet. Randy and I did both think it was going to be Mariota for the entire season, which – definitely diminished Henry's value. We're not taking it back. I'm just saying that's the thought process we had. Yeah. I'll get my palms ready. Okay. <laughs> oh, next time fire. Listen,
2: I, I, judging from you being a quarterback, I'm not sure you actually hit me in the face or not. So, Ha! <laughs> yeah, but if fair. he does, he's going to knock us out. I, I'm gonna be, <laughs> he threw that ball way too hard.
0: Hey, it's only been eight weeks. Let's relax. Uh,
2: not even, yeah. No, and he's gonna. There's just gonna. This is. I mean, but also the Chargers have an awful run defense. We said this coming in the week yeah. too. I mean, and he only got 90 yards. And shut you know, up, <laughs> out, man. And there was a lot of running backs that went off this week. Is he gonna be top 12? He's gonna yeah. be close.
1: Yeah, because the be people that run for off.
2: 40 yards. I mean, shut up.
0: <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway. Corey Davis, six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. I mentioned last week that I thought he would be a speculative ad given Tannehill's uh, getting the start. Um, Him and A.J. Brown had good games. A.J. Brown set his season high for six catches for 64 yards. These are probably guys that you could look at to start if you're a wide wide receiver needy team. Um, Delaney Walker got hurt early and didn't return. I don't know what's going on with him, but it's just tough tough to start him. He's yeah. like
1: 50 years old. That's what's going on.
0: Yeah. Uh, not much to talk about in the Saints 36-25 to 25 win over the Bears. Uh, no Al- no Alvin Kamara, but uh, Latavius Murray had 27 carries for 119-2. A lot of that came in the second half. And then obviously Michael Thomas, 9 for 131 on 11 targets. He is a great player, and he's going to continue to produce like that. For the Bears, Mitch Trubisky was 34 of 54 for 251 yards. Did have two (laughs) touchdowns, but still, man. Oh, my God. I can't believe he threw 54 times. I know. only had 251
1: yards. Uh, Jared Goff did that and threw for like 500, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah. So
0: close. Um, (laughs) David Montgomery, only two carries for six yards, one of which was a fumble. I, I don't know. It's so hard to roster this guy still.
2: It is, but the thing is, if you drop him, someone's going to pick him up. And if you drop him, what are you picking him up for? Yeah. I mean, you're getting Mark Wahlberg or whatever. Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, I know. Up an great, it's Waller, but it's a great in my head now because of the football. Game. <laughs> but I mean, then we are you know can way
0: competing with the fantasy footballers.
2: <laughs> pick up him, Edmonds, if he's out there, but he's going to be number, number one priority and most yeah. fab or Ty Johnson, who may only be a one-week one week player. I yeah. mean, you gotta, it, I understand like the that he hasn't had a breakout game, really, but the Bears' offense doesn't look good. It's not really him, and they didn't give him the rock. I mean,
1: they didn't run the ball a lot either because yep. they really couldn't against this defense. I will say really quick, I think David Montgomery is a perfect dynasty target right now um, because I think that because he's been so bad, some people, not necessarily everybody, but some people tilt and try to get another piece. Um, I think Montgomery is incredibly talented, and I think that if he were on a good team, he would – if he were on even the Raiders, he would have Josh Jacobs level of production. That's yeah, about, it'd be about what I think.
0: Also, Matt Nagy stinks. Oh, yeah. That whole team, terrible. The only one that Allen Robinson does continue to produce, though, 10 for 87-1 and on 16 targets. I think Trubisky's just going to continue to force-feed him, and he's probably a wide receiver, too, at least for the rest of the year. I hope they trade him. I I just feel so bad for this guy. I have to deal with Bortles and not Trubisky. Dude, he's so damn talented, man. He's good, but he has to deal with bad quarterbacks. Right. And the last 4 o'clock game, uh, Baltimore 30-16 to over Seattle. Lamar Jackson, nine passes completed for t- on 20 attempts but and for only 143 yards, but he did have 14 carries for 116 yards and a touchdown. He's on pace to shatter the quarterback rushing yards uh, record in a season, which I'm sure he's going to do.
1: Really quick, I saw a few verified Twitter accounts arguing back and forth about if Jackson is a good passer or not. And I just want to say that just because he, um, you know, well, I was going to say just because he completes a majority of his passes, but he completed less than 50% of his passes. And only he threw for less than 150 yards. Last week I said, well, if he continues to throw for less than 250, I'm going to call him the best running back in the league. That's what he is. He's a running back. If you shut down Lamar Jackson's
0: running game, you beat the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not sure you can though. Yeah, that's why it's so hard. And honestly, no, even if even if he struggles a little bit as a passer, he's still winning games for him, and that's what and that's what matters. So they're going to continue to do that. Well, I and mean, also
2: once they get Hollywood Brown back, his passing yeah. get better.
1: That I agree with.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no wide receiver production, and Mark Andrews had eight targets but only caught two of those passes for 39 yards, and he dropped four of them, one of which was a touchdown. He looked
1: awful. As a Mark yeah. Andrews owner, I am yeah, slightly
0: right. nervous that Hayden Welcome. Hurst
1: might even jump
0: Mark yeah, Andrews. That was odd. That like He he just looked a step slow. I don't know if his foot was still bothering him or what. Maybe. Uh, his catches. Well, they also weren't perfect throws, let's be real.
2: Yeah, one, of his, you know, one of his good yeah. catches, he had to leap as far as possible and fade back and turn his body completely just My to bad. get a hand.
0: That touchdown pass you have to catch. Yeah, I agree, but everyone drops those every now and then. I mean for yeah. the for the Seahawks, Chris Carson bottled up for on 21 carries for only 65 yards. This was probably a disappointing game all around for the Seahawks offense. Uh, Tyler Lockett did have five catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. And DK Metcalf, four for 53 on nine targets, but fumbled on a catch that was right there that he tried to shift hands and that cost them the game because they put it out of reach that was bad he is not talented i don't all right
1: well i don't know about all that he's talented he's talented and he's a freak of nature dude like
0: he's got like zero hands well yeah Yeah, we knew that though he just he
1: he runs he runs go routes
0: routes and that's it yeah it works see what happens when he runs nine go routes no, I, I kid. I kid. But he, uh, I don't know. Um, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> How, and uh, this is a disappointing game, especially for our friend Adam, who's a big uh, Eagles fan. Dallas, 37-10 to 10 over Yikes. Philadelphia. Uh, Carson Wentz wasn't good. 60 for 26, 191 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard combined for 71 rushing yards. Really the only guy that produced pass catching wise was Dallas Goddard four for 69 on four target on uh, and a touchdown on four targets. Are you, I, if I owned Ertz, luckily I don't, I would be a little bit worried. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, no. you didn't, you didn't draft him as a back and tight end one. And then starting to look like that's what he is. You mean QB one? Or are
1: you talking about Ertz? I said Ertz. Oh, I thought you said once for some, uh-huh. reason. my bad. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. <laughs> No, I,
1: I mean, I'm definitely worried about Ertz. I, I said that last week. He's not going to finish as a top three tight end. And, I mean, he'll be lucky to finish top ten at this point.
0: And if Goddard continues to be healthy, I mean, he's just going to cut into his production.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really the problem. I mean, especially cuts in in the end zone.
0: They, yeah. they
2: usually run them both out because they're both such great red zone targets. And if you have Alshon, too, like, they have three huge guys that can go up and get the ball. And whoever's and Goddard's going to have the worst coverage of the three, he's always going to get the, the last guy
0: available for covering because he's their backup tight end. I mean, yeah, yeah that's true. For the Cowboys, Dak, uh, two hundred thirty nine yards, a touchdown and a pick. Added thirty rushing yards and a score. Zeke was dominant, twenty two carries for one hundred eleven yards and a touchdown. Also caught six passes for thirty six yards. Mari Cooper was active. 106 yards on five targets, five catches. Disappointing game for Michael Gallup, three for 34 on four targets. I was looking forward to starting Gallup in this game, and it, it bit me in the butt. Uh, I do, you, Randy. Do you think they can both produce weekly? Would Would you say this is kind of more of a fluke game for Gallup? Um, they can produce weekly as long as Dak plays better.
2: That's they've shown that. It's just Dak has had. What is it, three or four straight games where he just really hasn't looked amazing? I mean, obviously they won big here, but this was on the back of Zeke. Dak was accurate, but he didn't do anything really with all those yards. Like, he didn't have a ton of yards. I mean, they can. I mean, it's not like Dak's bad. I'm not saying that. I'm more saying, like, to sustain two
0: wide
1: receivers, he has to play better than he has been.
0: Yeah. Christian, same thoughts.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that. We kind of knew this was going to happen, and I highlighted this game as the the game where he would do well, and he still kind of didn't. And they still don't have a lot of good matchups coming up soon. So, no.
0: well, and we also expected Cooper to be out. So, yeah. true that plays into that as well. No, it's why we thought that Gallup could be a top twelve receiver this week. Yep. All right. She we'll, probably would have been. Yeah, that'll wrap it up for our week seven recap. We're going to move right into our Thursday night preview. The Washington Redskins take on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. It's a 41 point over under Vikings are favored by 15 and a half. All right. What I'm going to do guys for both sides, I'm just going to add, I'm going to uh, make, uh, I'm going to put out a question to you guys. Just give me a yes or no. If you think it's true or not. Case Keenum is a streaming option against a defense that just gave up four touchdowns to Matt Stafford. Randy. Mm, No. Christian. No, I'm gonna say yes. It's, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Adrian Peterson's gonna be able to run a lot. Uh, I think Washington's gonna need to score somehow. So I think Keenum can put up fancy points. I don't think they're gonna win by any means, but I think Keenum can put up fancy points. Uh, Randy Terry McLaurin must start. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say yes, given what Marvin Jones was able to do against the Vikings, it's pretty yeah. oh. roads. Marvin Jones is
2: also the second. Or third target even on that team, so I mean, yeah. there's some there's some worry, but I think Terry can get past almost any matchup for at least a decent day. And I mean, you drafted him to not be a wide receiver one in on your team, so I'm yeah. fine with.
0: Him. Well, you might have hell. I picked him up in a league. A lot of he was probably on waivers after the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have him, but it's
2: it's more. That's what I'm saying. Like he's he's in contention for wide receiver two on good weeks and your flex on every other week.
0: All right. Uh, Last one. Adrian Peterson is a flex starter this week. Randy?
2: No, because I don't expect him to get 20 carries.
0: Christian? No, because I don't think he's good. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, I'm going to say no just because I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Obviously, I like Keenum in this one. For the Vikings, rolling the dice and keeping the flames going with Kirk Cousins, Randy. Um, I don't expect four
2: touchdowns, but I do expect about 200, 250 yards and at least at least one touchdown, probably two. So I, he's, a, he's a streaming option, yeah. I'd start is him. It? Yeah, definitely. I, this That'd is be. probably going to be a big day for Cook.
0: Roll that dice, baby. Roll that dice. I'm starting him this week. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a wide receiver two with no Adam Thielen.
1: Yeah. One.
2: It's, yeah, it's going to be on the border. I don't, I'm not sure he gets more than like seven or eight targets is my only worry, but I assume he does because they really don't have a lot of other targets out Mm -hmm.
0: there. Obviously, if you have Dalvin Cook, you're starting him. Christian, Kyle Rudolph is a top 12 tight end play this week. I mean, no. (laughs) I'm saying no. I'm going to say yes, because I think he finds the end zone. (laughs) That's
1: what I was debating. Yeah.
0: All right. That'll do it for the quick Thursday night preview. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will go through our worthy waivers of the week leading into week eight. All right. Welcome back to the cut. We're going to do our worthy waivers of the week leading into week eight. Before we attack each other and tear ourselves to shreds like a pack of maniacs, let's just open the sack first
1: and see what's actually in it. It might not even be worth the trouble.
0: Totally worth it. Christian, who are you looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at
1: Chase Edmonds this week. This guy should definitely be owned. Um, We've talked about him before. He's very quietly become an RB2 on the season. Uh, When I wrote this, which was two or three days ago, he's RB21 on the season in PPR, and I believe it was something like 18 in standard leagues, which you should never play. Um, There's absolutely no reason this guy should be on waivers, as I said, but he's... He is in tons of leagues. I think he's owned less than 30% in ESPN, which I'm sure that's going to skyrocket up. I would assume that his ownership is going to be around 70 or 80%. Uh, You don't know what's happening with David Johnson. Chase Edmonds has honestly looked like the more explosive running back. I think that this guy is a must, must add. You should all spend your first priority on him.
0: Yeah, and especially, I mean, Even if David Johnson's out there, he doesn't look right right now. And they don't want to play him for that reason. Randy, what about you? Uh, I went with Kenny Stills this week with Fuller out.
2: I know he's got a very low ownership because he hasn't done anything for a little while. And, I mean, he's going to be a perfect flex option for you going through here. He's going to, if he can continue the touchdowns, he's going to be close to a high-end wide receiver three production for you every week. And I mean, Fuller's going to be out at, at least three weeks in my eyes. So this is a perfect waiver wire for midseason to keep everyone through the buys. And I I feel comfortable starting him this
0: week. Yeah, and uh, he's always and he's always a big play threat too. So he could he could uh, pencil in for Fuller in that aspect also. My guy is Corey Davis. I talked about it last week. I gave him a speculative ad. I talked about it a little bit earlier. He's only owned in 41% of Yahoo leagues. If he's still out there, I think you need to go get him. Ryan Tannehill behind center is an upgrade for the entire Titans offense. Corey Davis is a wide receiver one in that offense, and he's still extremely talented. Tannehill is giving more time for routes to develop deep, and that's going to help Corey Davis out. He's he's able to get open. He's going to be the main beneficiary of that. If he's out there, you got to go get him.
1: Agreed. 100%. I think that AJ Brown isn't a bad option either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If, if Corey Davis is already owned. AJ Brown wouldn't be a bad play either. I agree. Yeah. I think AJ Brown's more of the deep threat, and
2: yep. that's kind of what County Stills was in Miami yep. with Tannehill. So I and think he stills does have
0: great play. and stills had some great fantasy performances. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take one more break. When we get back, we'll get into our mediocre methods and we'll get out of here. All right, guys, what I'm gonna do here, I'm gonna read off a couple questions that we've had submitted to us and we're gonna have just a quick discussion on how our thought process is going into this week and the end of the season. First question comes in from our friend Brandon Sweet. I've got Rogers and Wilson in my two QB league. Both have the same bye week, which is week eleven. I took them knowing this and take I took them knowing this and I'm taking that risk. Obviously, I need two QBs that week. What would you do? I do not have a third QB on the roster, and it's a keeper league. This is a league we're all in together. Uh, Rodgers and Wilson, obviously, has been a really good tandem leading up to this point Um, with Wilson as the quarterback one, Rodgers as the quarterback two. Uh, Randy, let's start with you. What would you do in this scenario? Keep in mind, we only have six bench spots. This isn't the league we're in together. No? Because I have
2: Rodgers in that one.
0: That, yeah, uh, not, I guess the, that's the one you guys are in with them, right? No. No, actually,
2: no. It, it's it's a separate league.
0: League. Okay. But uh, anyway, but, like, what would you but do? Here,
2: here? My thing here is, is he said that he doesn't have a third QB in the roster, and at this point, is there really anyone on the waiver for him to pick up? So my problem <sighs> is if he trades one of these guys away – which I do agree with if he needs a play later later in the year, deadline's coming up. And you don't need two QBs that are both starter or uh, keeper level. But if you can't get another guy you're comfortable
0: playing, maybe just punt the week, honestly. Yep. That, that's my thought process. If you can't get – because you could – especially in a two QB league, both of these quarterbacks are very valuable, especially given a huge week like Rodgers just had. If you can't get a like a top twenty-four either wide receiver or uh, running back plus a quarterback in this scenario, I think you punt. You punt week eleven. You just throw Rodgers and Wilson out there the rest of the weeks, and you hope that that's enough. That you, the rest of your team just it, the core is good enough to make up for that.
2: Yeah, well, because you can't make one trade. I don't think anyone in any two QB leagues can give up two quarterbacks on one deal. So oh. I don't. I mean, without you're going to have to make another trade, and then you're losing other pieces. I mean, there's a shot, but like I said, if you can't get a third QB on that roster, I think you have to punt.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, you could easily argue that you need to make two moves if you're going to salvage week 11. Christian, what do you think? I mean, I think that
1: ideally you can flip an older Rodgers for a younger quarterback and, and, it's something that I actually discussed with, with Brandon is if you can get someone who's already passed their buy, knowing that you have two guys that are about to hit their buy, I think that is definitely the move here. Cause you're essentially gaining a week and you're giving away someone who still has a buy coming up. So it's almost, it's not guaranteeing that that team is also going to get a loss, but it's kind of like playing defense um, when it comes to making those, those trades, Um, I personally think I would trade for someone of the like Jacoby Brissett, um, something like that, and also put someone else in that trade. So get a top tier, maybe not like a top 10 or anything like that, but top tier running back, top tier receiver. And ultimately you're going to be happy coming out of that because then you can use probably someone on your bench if you have deep enough benches and pick up uh, another quarterback for, to replace like Wilson or Rodgers, whoever you kept on your team for Week 11. I get what you mean by punting the week. I, just, I hesitate to do that because I feel like every week matters.
2: I, I mean, I agree. I, I don't want to punt a week ever, but my thing is, if you can't get a third guy, there's no point in trading one because you're still going to be without one player that week, so you're most likely going to lose anyways. Yeah. So, but I do agree. I'd rather trade, even though Rogers had the big day. Maybe this is the perfect time because uh, it's a keeper league, and Wilson definitely has more years in the tank than Rogers. But I, yeah, I would definitely target Brissette or Allen, maybe even Darnold if Stafford. I can Stafford. If I can get something, if I can get something better in the trade back with Darnold, I'd target Darnold. Obviously, yeah. maybe you can get Baker if you feel comfortable enough with it. But it's, I mean, like I said, you're going to hope maybe to get what Tannehill? <laughs> I mean, th- th- realistically, what else are you going to get right now in the waiver wire?
0: Yeah, that's Tannehill. probably true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's, the, I think that's pretty good analysis for that one. We'll move on here. Uh, comes in from an anonymous follower. I've got two of the top tight ends in the game. So you're assuming he has two of either Kittle, Kelsey, Ingram, maybe Ertz. Uh, I'm constantly battling which one I should start. Should I keep both and start one in the flex or should I trade one away? I'm kind of dealing with this to a lesser extent in one of our, in the league, one of the leagues we're in together. I have George Kittle and I also have Darren Waller, who's clearly been a top five guy.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think that. that's a lesser extent, man. Like that's yeah. so if, if I were in your shoes, I'm not helping you in any of your transactions on your team. However, if I were in your shoes I would try to trade the guy that you think is going to be worse the rest of the season. Um, So at that point you have to look at upcoming matchups. You have to look at maybe if you're in a position to be in the playoffs, maybe you keep the guy who has the better playoff matchups. And then you use that to improve on a position that you need to improve on. So say you're weak at wide receiver, dangle Waller out there, especially after this big week or dangle Kittle, it's, I don't think it really matters other than those matchups. You just pick the guy that you want and improve on another position, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Uh, I agree, but this is all kind of situational, honestly, because I have no problem running both of them out right now. Obviously, you're not going to get – I mean, Waller gets a lot of targets usually, and Kittle doesn't necessarily because they don't throw the ball as much as they they should probably. But they're both – They're both at the level that they're above a flex option of wide receiver running back. Like They score enough that they're worthy to be in that flex spot, in my opinion. So unless you're going to get a real upgrade, but see, that's the thing. You're going to have to trade like an RB2 or you're going to have to trade one tier down at running back or wide receiver to get up at wide receiver. And you're going to have to throw in one of these tight ends to get that trade through.
1: I don't don't know that that's true, though. Because, I mean, look at the league that you and I are in, Randy, where I got David Johnson uh, for Waller and maybe Derrick Henry. Um,
2: But that's an RB2 and a tight end one for a RB1. That's exactly what I just said.
1: Oh, I thought you meant that you're going to get the return back of an RB2 when you have a tight end one.
2: No, no. I think RB two is kind of realistic for a tight end one, but I agree. that's why I, I mean you're gonna have to do a tier down of a trade at a position to like you have to add in one of those to get one of those positions. Like you're not gonna get Darren Waller for Julio. It just won't happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I definitely agree.
0: Yeah. No, that's. I, uh, I would but, just.
2: I would play both. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would say if you don't have two top tier. Uh, borderline wide receiver ones or running back ones that you're playing in the flex every week, you could definitely do that and just trust the the tight end. One more
1: quick point on that. I know I just talked about it, but if you've got Darren Waller, who's passed his bye week, don't go out and trade for someone who hasn't hit their bye yet. If you do decide to trade Darren Waller in that scenario, because you're throwing away a, a top end week from a guy that, could really help your lineup. So I look at things like that when evaluating if I should do something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last one we'll get into um, when dealing with a running back committee. Uh, so IE like Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida or Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. Is it more beneficial to start two tight ends? Like if you have Mark Andrews and Hunter Henry, or would you run a roll with one of those running backs? especially with the uh, 49ers knowing that those guys both could have maybe our RB one values in a given week and their floor is still probably back in running back too.
2: It's, it's all matchup there for me. I don't, I mean, this goes along with our last question. Like in reality, Breed is a low end RB two, obviously top tier RB three, but if if you have a good matchup for him and it's good weather, I guess I should say,
0: then Yeah, always always make sure you think, put that in there.
2: If you think he's gonna score more points, play the running back. I don't like tight ends are very consistent for the most part, at least the really good ones. Well the so top gonna, end ones. Yeah. They're gonna get they're gonna get a floor of four catches, usually it's five or six, with a ceiling of about eight or nine, and you hope for a touchdown as well. So that's realistically Anywhere from 10 to 20 points, where yeah. Brita is going to get you a, probably a floor of 10, even if he has a decent game, and a ceiling of like 30, obviously, if we, as we've seen. But the ceiling's not going to come as much as the tight end ceiling will show up. So it's all about matchup with that. I mean, I have no problem running out two tight ends if you have two great ones. <laughs> I if I had
0: to lean... Sorry, Christian, go ahead. No, you go ahead. If I had to lean one of the two just based on a position value, I still probably value the running backs more because I think more touches come from the running back position. And uh, guys like Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida are both used in the passing game, which gives them a little bit of a boost. So I would, I would still struggle to play a guy like, like, let's say I'm starting Hunter Henry every week as my tight end one. I would struggle to play Mark Andrews over Tevin Coleman. See, uh, in, but, in
2: go ahead. Sorry, but we're we're saying uh, running back by committee. So it's twenty eight. It's twenty five to thirty two touches split between two guys. That's go ahead, Christian.
0: Yeah, but that's you're talking six. You're not Christian. I know, but <laughs> you're talking sixteen combined touches for one of your running backs versus maybe five or six at best for a guy for a guy like Mark Andrews.
1: See, I think, honestly, it depends on the makeup of your team, too, and what you need in that particular week. If you need someone who's consistent, I think that you do go with the tight end because, like, even Mark Andrews, he had four drops and still was probably a, a top-12 tight end with the landscape. I actually don't know if that's that's true, but he caught a touchdown, and so therefore he is a tight end one. That's kind of how you can view things. So if you think that someone has a lot of touchdowns upside or touchdown potential, um, then you roll with that person. But if you need the big, like boom, 35 point game, then you probably aren't going with your tight end, no matter what. Granted, you probably aren't going with someone like Frank Gore either. And I don't know that you necessarily go with Tevin Coleman. So those scenarios are tough. It's almost, if you want the big boom game, you should probably stray away from the running back and the tight end and go with A receiver, (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah, that's. I I mean, that this is clearly just all matchups, and that's that was my problem with the question is because it was oh, it was just hey, would you do this? Not hey, I need 30 points, hey, these are my players. It was just can I, should I play two tight ends or or RB and a committee? Yeah, I mean, that's that's as bland as you can make the question, like.
0: Give oh us some detail. I still, I mean, I, I guess I was looking at it more of a positional side. I, I just, I, I struggle to trust trust a tight end over a running back. But if I had a top five tight end, two of them, then maybe I would lean the other way. You do? I don't know. That that's just me. I know. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even play both of those guys because I have Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, and Keenan Allen.
1: Whatever, dude. Why don't you keep bragging about it?
2: Been trading,
0: nerd for another tight end. I think I think this is good. That's a good spot to end on. Uh, boys, you guys got anything to add before we get out of here and go watch this Monday night game?
1: No, I don't have anything to add. I'm just really excited for this game. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Patriots defense can do against a quarterback that looks pretty good. By the time you guys are listening to this, it's over, and uh, that statement probably sounds pretty stupid. So. Uh, <laughs> and Sony Michelle put up thirty points. Yeah, right. That's never gonna happen. Uh, what? <laughs> well, not tonight.
0: Randy, okay. how about you? Are You excited Patriots fan? Yeah, happy
2: to watch. I, uh, I know Christian's been speaking for me on Twitter, but I am uh, interested to see how this plays out. I do think the Jets are at least a decent team, and they definitely pl- look so much better with Darnold at the helm, which they should, because Darnold's a good quarterback. I don't what. In the <laughs> hell are you doing, Christian? <laughs> Sorry. Christian's just petting his bald head on the camera. I was very confused. It looks
1: like my hair's uneven. I cut it yesterday. I- <laughs> well it could be uneven. I don't know.
2: Either way. This game should be pretty good. I think it I don't think it's gonna be a blowout either way. But I don't think the Jets have a really big fantasy day, and I'm not sure who does on the
0: Patriots. So
2: let's go door set, maybe.
0: I <laughs> let's hope Michelle actually gets a red zone touch. I need Dorsett to outscore James White by, like, six points. Yeah. I don't know. Mm, probably not. Actually, I think it's the uh, other way. I, I just, don't think James White gets a touchdown, so White. it's basically a touchdown there. White can't outscore Dorsett by six and I way. I think that's how it is.
2: Yeah, it's going to be close.
0: Either way, oh.
2: uh, anything, uh, just send us flex questions and maybe trade discussions for the next show. I know we might be talking about the trade deadline coming up next, so definitely send us questions, because. Real life scenarios are better than stuff we come up with. So
0: yeah. No, we're not that smart. We're not, we're not smart, smart at all. I've, I've, note, never, I've never made that statement. <laughs> that. Yeah. On that note, for Christian Williams, for Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. Have fun Monday night. We gone.